Good morning, everybody. Okay, I have a strange question to ask you guys. So early in the morning, but let's do it nonetheless. Imagine a paper clip. Paper clip. Okay? Imagine now there's a table in front of you and there's a paper clip in front of you. Okay? Honestly. Honestly. How many of you will not, not twist it? How many of you will say, I will twist it? I'm going to ruin that thing. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, use my, how many of you will say, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm, I won't use it until I see paper and I will use it to clip paper. <laughs> There's a few. So, okay. So, so most of you admit you're going to twist that thing. Okay. Now, you're going to twist that thing, but you know it's not what it's for. Right? Deep down, why do you think you would do it? Have nothing to do, you're bored, it's fun. But deep down, there's something about how you how you view the paper clip, too. Because when you buy a paper clip, it's usually in boxes. You'll never see one paper clip sold in a national bookstore, right? Like just one clip. <laughs> it's always in a box. So whenever you have a paper clip, in your mind, there's more. Right? So you don't really value it. No. Now, imagine this. You're about to buy a new device. Honestly, if you buy a device, let's say about 50,000 pesos, 50,000 pesos from your savings, hard-earned money. Could be a laptop, could be a computer or whatever. How many of you honestly would not read the manual? Not. Not? There's a few. How many will read the manual and find out, okay, this is for that, okay, all right, okay. For those of you who would read the manual, what's the first thing you look for? Honestly. How to? How to operate, power, features. How many of you look at the how to care for? What not to do? Yeah, okay. When I was younger, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the family computer. Okay, so Mario Brothers, all right. So my, my dad bought us a family computer when I was very young, and we were so excited. It was brand new, okay? We opened the box, we brought it out, and then it was supposedly 110. <laughs> you already know the ending of the story, no? So out from the box to 220 voltage, and then we see smoke come out. So brand new, gone. We never got to use it at all. So we had to wait several months before dad replaced it with a new one. So am I saying these stories? Because deep down we know that the, everything was made for a purpose. And today we're going to talk about that. Uh, and we're going to address two things. First, we're going to talk about uh, how, we've, how we as Christians respond to the world when it comes to the LGBT issues, uh, gender identity confusion, sexual identity um, dysphoria, and things like that. Okay, so that's one. Where do we get our convictions from? As Christians, when we say this is wrong, why do we say it's wrong? Where in Scripture can we, quote-unquote, pull our convictions from? And secondly, if you're here and you're single or you're married, well, that, well obviously that's all of us. Some are single, some are married. Okay, so... You're, we're also going to discuss how we're supposed to view one another in th these areas. Okay? 
Okay, sige. So, just as a brief summary, Genesis 1 last week, we talked about being in awe of our God, the Creator, the, the Creator of all things. Uh, we were talking about how we are to worship God, to worship Him with a sense of wonder and excitement and amazement. And today we're going to talk about His divine design in His creation. So if He made things, Everything is made for a purpose. Okay? So let's get to Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. It says there that thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. And then after that, from verse 4 to verse 7, God talks about uh, a kind of backtrack to his summary. Okay, so Genesis 1 gives us a summary. And then in Genesis 2, he flashbacks. How did God do it in detail? Okay, so Genesis 1 is kind of like your table of contents. And then Genesis 2 is when you open the book. Okay, so Genesis 2 verse 4 says, These are the, ge the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. When no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for, another word for four is because, because the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land and there was no man to work the ground. So think about that, ha. Huh? The reason why there was no bush yet was because God had not yet made man to work the ground. That's the reason. And the mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. So let's himai himai the text. First we notice that God rested and blessed the seventh day and people ask why was god tired he made so much fish in the sea <laughs> fish here fish there is that the reason of course not and we know it we know that god never tires i mean if you really think about it uh, to illustrate if you look at my hand right now what's in my hand it's not a trick question what's in my hand nothing well, air, but really nothing. Imagine if I, based on my own will, decided to make something out of this. Nothing. Well, magic, no? But that's what God did. Nothing existed, and then God created. It was so easy for Him. Let there be light. Boom, light. I want to do this. I want to do that. Boom. Everything's there. It was so easy for God. Nothing is difficult for Him. And because everything is easy, it's not, he rests not because he's tired, but because out of his creativeness, he created earth as a divine sanctuary. Imagine it for a moment in the entire universe. Remember, we talked about this last week. Earth, a small mud ball, a small piece of rock in all the universe. Here's earth. And God made all the other stuff in the universe and the galaxies, but this little rock called Earth is where the greatest drama unfolds. Why? To glorify Himself. And it's because of that, the fact that 
earth is a divine sanctuary. In Revelation 21, God redeems the whole earth. The Bible says that until now, all of creation groans for redemption. Right? So God desires for earth and all his creation to glorify him. But now we're going to get into the specifics. How does he want it to happen? So we talked about it earlier. No bush and no, sp no small plant existed. There was no rain yet because there was no man yet. God didn't make earth and say, um, I wonder what's next. So yeah, let's make man. It wasn't like that. He created earth with man in his mind already. Man will be the one to care for earth. So I'm not going to make it rain yet until I make man. Because he will be the one to work the ground, irrigate the soil, make sure that the, the rain... You know about that, the irrigation thing, the farming, and all of that. Okay? So man was not an afterthought. He, man is made with a divine purpose. The divine purpose, as we see here, is first, to steward earth. Second, to represent God on earth. And to give God glory. There's a phrase we always say, soli deo gloria. To God alone be the glory. So we are to steward earth, to represent God, and in, in doing that, we give God glory. God as creator created the conditions as well to sustain life. You notice, he didn't make man first and then no earth, so man will die in space. So he created earth first, then man. So God creates the conditions to sustain life and then calls on man and breathes life into man to continue to steward and sustain more life. We see that our goal, our purpose as living creatures is to protect life. So when people talk about abortion and things like that, pro-choice, we are not pro-choice, we are pro-life. Why? Because God is life who created us, gave us life, breathed into us life, and so we sustain life the way God wants us to sustain life. Okay, that's where we get it from. In fact, the word Adam from the Hebrew word comes from the Hebrew word Adama. Adama means ground. Adam comes from the word, the Hebrew word for ground. Okay? So we are living creatures because of God, not an accidental uh, evolutionary, you know, perchance. We're not a statistical improbability that just so happened to happen. We're not that. Okay? Clear so far, di ba? It's God. And if that's clear to us, that it's God who gave us divine design and purpose, then everything else will flow naturally. In Genesis 2, verses 8 to 14, I'm not going to read that text, but there are some highlights there. First, we know that the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, and then God made trees that made fruit that's pleasant to the sight, good for food. And in the middle, of course, we know that there are two separate trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then it says in verse 12 that there's gold in the land. And it says there, and the gold of that land is good. And delium and onyx stone are there. So people are wondering, ah, so where is Eden? Well, we would believe that Eden is a literal place. It's not a spiritual place. It's, or it was somewhere on earth, literally. 
And we talk about the rivers here, the, the river Gihon, and then the, the river Tigris, and etc., the fourth river Euphrates. So it's an actual place. We don't know where it is now, and that's not the point. People are like, oh, there's gold there. Where is it? We'll go. That, that's not the point of the text, okay? The point is not for us to be Indiana Jones. The point of the text is to let us know that God created a garden of paradise, and it was central for his plans. Think of this for a moment. Geographically, there was a place called Eden. God put Adam and Eve there, fully knowing, planning in the future that there would be a tree, there would be a fall, they would leave, there would be a nation, and there would later on be Egypt, there would later on be a Moses, there would later on... It's all connected. So from Genesis all the way to the end of Revelation, God prepared and planned everything. Everything has a divine design and a divine purpose. And true harmony for us, really, is when we commit to our own divine purpose. Adam, Adama, man from ground. We're supposed to steward earth, not like today. Diba? With all the pollution. Before, supposedly, man cares for earth, earth cares for man. Today, man abuses earth, Volcanoes erupt, tsunamis happen, storms happen. So man abuses earth, earth fights back. And that's really it. A lot of climatologists will say the same thing. The earth, though, when volcanoes happen, when earthquakes happen and all of that, a lot of these scientists say it's just the earth readjusting and trying to survive. So we are actually hurting our own home. We'll talk about more of that because of the fall next week. But today, we have to remember this. True fulfillment, true harmony is when we commit to our divine purpose. Provision and contentment will be supplied by God when we abide by His purposes. When we try to glorify God as best we can, it benefits us as well. When we misuse and abuse our purpose, we end up confused, miserable, frustrated, anxious, unsatisfied. Then what do we do? We try to escape. We run away. We make alternate realities. Ultimately, when you go against divine design, you go from devotion to destruction. We go from fulfillment to futility. And eventually, ultimately, in the end, we will be destroyed either by our own actions or because our Creator is no longer pleased or satisfied by us. Think of this for a moment. You buy a cell phone, a smartphone. And you know, smartphones today are not like Nokia before, no? They break easy. So imagine you buy a phone. At first, you're very happy with it. It's doing exactly what you want, right? You charge, it charges. When you plug it in, it does its thing. You turn it on, it shows the green lights and everything. After a while, the phone isn't doing what it's supposed to do. You say download, it doesn't download. Error here, error there. Virus here, virus there. You're, when you realize that your phone is no longer doing what it's supposed to do, what do you do? First, you try to repair. Grab it, dispose right away. You try to repair. But if it's no longer repairable, what do you do? Then you... Dispose. Why? Because the owner is no longer pleased by its property. Because the property is, quote-unquote, rebelling against the owner. And so when people say, oh, I want to do my own thing, 
doing your own thing will either destroy you because of the thing that you're doing or God will destroy you because you're rebelling. And that's judgment day. When we think about this, we think about what we're doing, our purpose. Imagine for a moment, you buy a phone, you open the box, there's no charger. Hala <laughs> rage. You go online, file a complaint, where's my charger? I need a free phone as compensation. Grave, no? No, but it's, sometimes you order McDonald's, the fries, the fries is, is the French fries is not crispy. I want a Big Mac meal, you know? We, we, feel, we feel like if you give me something not according to the purpose or the original intention, I'm entitled to anger. That's how God feels. You know what we are? We are the French fries that's not crispy. We're the soggy fries. We're the cell phone without the charger. We are the one saying error, error, error. God says, worship me. No. That's us. Now, here's the irony. We get frustrated when we get the soggy French fries. How do you think God feels? Soggy French fries palang, we're, we're angry. We're livid because the fries is soggy. How do you think God feels? The creator of all things who made everything from nothing. I say that illustration because my hope is that every time you order French fries from now on, you think of obedience to the Lord. You know, French fries, obey the Lord. Okay? So I hope that's your heart. Or I hope it works, no? But here's the thing. We all have a sense of purpose. We feel it. From French fries to cell phones to what we do in our work, when something is not done right, we feel a, a, a sense of, what's, why are you not doing what's right? We have that sense of purpose. Why? Where does it come from? The sense of this transcendent thing that I was born to do something good. Where does it come from? If we're just accidents, we shouldn't have this feeling. Think about it for a moment. If we're nothing but animals, can you imagine your dog thinking? Your dog uh, meditating that he has a greater purpose. Wala, no? Right? Can you picture a rat? A rat going around the sewers thinking, I have a greater purpose. My design is for... Wala, man. Wala, di ba? You find it funny and you're laughing because you know it's real. Animals don't have that. Only man has that. Woman has that. Only we have that. Where does that come from? Well, we know that we have a sense of purpose, but we have to find out what that is. Having a sense that there is a purpose out there without knowing the purpose is useless. Right? Can you imagine a caveman? Like if you go back to the past, like if we had a time machine and we go back to the past and you give him a phone, a smartphone. What do you think he's going to do with it? He's going to look at it and he's going to th say, this has to do something. It has to have a purpose. I just don't know. And it's frustrating to him. He'll use it. It's not a hammer. It doesn't work. Is it a... After a while, he'll be so frustrated, he'll throw it away. Because have, knowing that we have a sense of purpose without knowing what that purpose is leads to nothing but frustration and eventually to misuse, abuse, and then destruction. Genesis 2 verse 15. Let's move 
into the text. So we'll find out what our purpose is. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. What's our purpose? To be stewards. It says it right there. To work the ground, to keep the ground, to steward earth, to represent God, to give him glory. What's the consequence of disobedience? Don't eat of the tree. If you do, you'll surely die. We're not talking about the immediacy of the death but the certainty of the death. The certainty. So people say, oh, he ate the tree. Well, not the tree, the fruit. He ate the fruit. Wala man lagi. No, it's not about being immediate. Okay, so we're, we'll talk more about this again next week. But look at the interesting part. So we're moving now from the purpose of human beings in general to men and women, male and female. I, I hope you're, you're really focused on this part. God says that God created the woman as a helper. Okay, we're Filipinos. When we use the word helper, it has a different meaning. Okay, so remove that from your mind. The real meaning here of helper is someone to complement with equal value and equal worth, divinely designed for that purpose. Okay? For example, if you think about it, when you say help, the word help, the first question you will say is to do what? You can't just say help with what? Help lang. That doesn't make sense. When you say the word help, it's, there's a accompanying question, to do what? What's the purpose for why you want me to be a helper to you? So we go back to the purpose. The helper does not do the primary command but helps the primary servant obey that command. Agreed? God said it's not good for man to be alone. So the perfect purpose of the woman is to complement and help the man. Basic lang. If, I, if someone says, hey, cook dinner. Okay, I'll cook dinner. So you go home, you start cooking dinner, and you say, help. Help me. With what? Cooking dinner. So the person you're asking for help will ask more questions. So what do you want me to do? Slice the onions, chop the garlic, heat this and that. But I'm cooking dinner. I just need your help in these certain areas. Diba? If I say, you cook the dinner na lang be, then there's a reversal of roles. The helper doesn't do the primary command. He helps the primary recipient or servant. And that is what God means when he says, Helper. Look at the words. I will make a helper fit for him. Fit for him. The woman was made to perfectly fit, complement, or help him. Woman is fitted for man. Just as man was fit for earth. Remember, there's no small plant yet. 
Why? Because I'm going to create man to steward earth. Now I'm going to create woman for man, just as man is for earth. You see that? Okay, so there's, there's this fittedness. If you're trying to imagine something, think of a jigsaw puzzle. There were certain pieces just fit. That's how we're supposed to see one another as complementary to one another. The purpose of the woman is to help the man as the man's purpose is to steward earth. Complementarianism means we have the same value, the same worth with different roles. The problem is the world today rejects that. The world says, no, oy, women should do exactly what men do. And men should do exactly what women do. That's just weird. Because we have different physiology. We have very different biological design. The order of creation is quite obvious. Now notice, with the animals, God made a lot of different animals at the same time. Male and female, dogs, cats, birds, at the same time. But then with man, male first. And then, woman, woman after. With all the other animals, the, God doesn't, here's a dog, I'll get the rib of the dog, make a female dog. Get the rib of a cat, make a female cat. Get the rib of a giraffe, female giraffe. No, it's everything. But with man and woman, it's different. There's this whole rib action, or whatever you want to call it, this, this initiation to, why is that? Because of the fit for, the complementary nature. Okay, so you if you think about it, ba, you invent something and then you invent what complements it after. If you buy a phone with a stylus, you invent the phone first, you create the stylus after. Or you make a phone first. That you don't invent a charger first. What's a charger first? It will charge something. It will charge what? I'm still going to think of what it will charge, but I want, it, I, I want to create something that charges something. Well, it, common sense, right? Now, it's funny for us, but really, for the world, it's confused. It's a very confused world out there. Just basic na lang daan. Okay? Men and women in, in general, okay, will achieve so many amazing things if we work together. In general, ha? I'm not talking about husband and wife. Just men and women in general can accomplish so many things. And yet, the world tries to tip that over. We have to always remember that God creates and God is all-wise. If God is the creator and he's all-wise, then let's trust him. Who's smarter, you or the engineer who created your laptops? It's probably the engineer, no? So I'm not gonna assume that I know better than engineer and then use the laptop for something it wasn't made for. I won't use my cell phone as a hammer. Diba? In the same way, I won't get a paper clip. Hala. Diba? I'm not supposed to bend it around. Okay? But that's what we do with ourselves. The reason why the world, the reason why the world abuses and misuses sexuality and gender is because of two reasons. One, like the paper clip. They don't really know what it's for, as basic as it is. I mean, it's supposed to be obvious. Paper clip, by, by the name, will what? Clip paper. So, male, female. In the wiring, we see that. Male, female. Connect. If you have a lot of males, but they're not 
I'm, I'm talking about wires, okay? You get a lot of male wires. You can try to connect all of them, but there's no energy and no power. And eventually, nothing gets done. Because God is wiser than us. Look at Genesis 2 verse 20. The man gave names to all livestock and to his birds of the and to the birds of the heavens and to every beasts of the field but for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord ca- the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and while he slept took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, "This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So we see a divine pattern. Man comes from dust, and then man is supposed to steward the thing that he came from, which is the ground or earth. Woman came from man, and so she is supposed to help, fit, sustain, uh, complement the man which she came from. Divine design. And a lot of people get triggered by this. Oh, grabiha good, I was made for this. And Guys, men and women both have their struggles. A lot of men will also say, man, I don't want to be that. Can I just be the helper instead? A lot of men want to be the helper instead of the one who leads. Wouldn't you agree? There's a lot of men who say, I just want to be a baby boy. <laughs> you know, like you're, old, you're, you're 20, 20 plus, you're 30 plus, you're 40 plus, acting like a kid, irresponsible, not wanting to do what men do, you know, not wanting to be stewards. Rig, come on. So, for when women complain, oh man, I can't lead, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm just made fit for, men complain too. So both men and women complain because of our fallen natures. But when we just say, Lord, I will submit to your purpose, satisfaction, contentment, even provision is there. God said, don't eat of this tree. If you eat it, you will certainly die. Everything else you may eat of. So what he's saying, as long as you obey me, everything will be taken care of. Just seek first my kingdom and, and my righteousness, or seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you as well. That's also in the New Testament. Old and New Testament, same message. Now, now with a divine pattern, again, I have to say the qualifier, roles and purposes are of divine decree. It does not mean that value is different. It doesn't mean worth is different. Right? It's just roles. The thing is, God created men to do what women cannot do, and God created women to do what men cannot do. And all of the men, especially the married men, will agree when I say there are so many things I would not have been able to accomplish if not for my wife. In organizations, imagine an organization with just men. Oh, it will have so many problems. So many problems. Imagine an organization with all women. It will have so many problems too. Because God made men and women to complement each other. Think of a fatherly love. 
And then think of a motherly love. You'll know it's different. A father's love is usually very challenging. It's very, quote-unquote, tough love. A father can try to show some kind of feminine love, but it just won't work. It's different. And I don't even say it as a joke. I say it as a real thing. Like, fathers, when they love, it's, there's this, you know, when they have sons, it's very, son, here's how you're to live. Diba? The first time, and, and men, when fathers tell their, child, their sons how to be men, or when they are men, something changes in that little boy's head. The first time I felt like a man, when I was a boy and I was a little boy, and then my, my, my mom had to, I know my dad had to go somewhere, and my dad called me and told me, Ton, or that's my nickname, Ton, let's talk. So we sat down, and he's like, okay, I'm leaving the city for a while. You're the man of the house. Something just clicked in my head. Whoa, man of the house, what does this mean? What does this mean? And he talked to me about, you know, house security and, and all of these things, my responsibilities, what I should do, should not do, just in case someone uninvited. You know, suddenly, because it came from my dad, I felt like, whoa, I'm a man now. Yeah, so I left that, that bathroom like, I'm a man. You know, I know it sounds weird, but we feel that. Women feel from... from you know, little girls to, I'm a lady. When does that happen? It's usually when the mom talks to her. You're a lady now because, and they're like, oh, I'm a lady now. When a man tells his daughter, you're a lady now, it, it doesn't have the same effect, really. Call it psychology, call it, you know, subconscious, whatever wiring. To me, I think it's just a supernatural spiritual thing because of divine purpose. And feminine love cannot be replaced. The tenderness of a feminine love, the motherly love, that cannot be replaced by any father as well. That's why when we talk about marriages, it's a man and a woman. So that a child experiences fatherly and motherly love, masculine love, feminine love, to balance the growth of the child. That cannot be changed, cannot be replaced. Now since we're talking about marriage... We'll talk to the singles for a moment because I know it's all in your mind. Okay, for now, qualifier, please, please, please do not think, do not think that as long as I'm not yet married, I'm somehow incomplete. Okay, we don't agree with Jerry Maguire's you complete me line. Okay, God also created us or many of us to have the gift of celibacy. Now, I'm sure you guys want to talk more about that. We can talk about it more maybe after lunch or whatever, after the sermon. But not everyone will have the gift of celibacy. Most probably, if you have the desires for marriage and to satisfy physical needs, then you're probably not going to be celibate. Most probably. All right? But if you have no such needs, you're probably gifted with that. All right? So, God does not say that if you're single, you're less. We have to reject that notion. A lot of churches, that's the problem with many churches. And we as pastors have to guard ourselves from asking, so when are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? When are you going to... Pastors, church leaders, we have to remove that from our vocabulary and from our conversation. All right? That's just added pressure and stress. And we're not God. We're not matchmakers. We're not the Holy Spirit. We have to just get that out of our system. Okay, so... Again, singles are not less. We're, we're all 
equal with different roles. Now, most long for a partner. Most. If you're longing for a partner, I'm going to say some things that will offend you and challenge you at the same time. First, before you long for a partner, ask yourself, if you're a man, are you ready to lead? If you're a woman, are you ready to submit? If you're a very strong-willed woman, you know, I'm a, I'm a self-made woman, I've got this business, that business, I've accomplished so many things, etc., etc. If you get married, are you willing to say, I will submit to my husband, to my future husband, no matter what? As long as it's not sin, huh? Are you willing to do that? If you're a man, you say, I want to get married, I want to get married, great, you want to get married, fine. But are you ready to lead, to serve? Are you ready to be responsible? Can you lead her spiritually? Because there's a way to just lead, save money. That's easy. It's easy to just work. I just go get a job. I get my salary. Oh, I'm already a leader. No, you're not. Can you lead her spiritually? Not just encourage her to go to church. Okay, oh, dear, have you read your Bible? Yes, I have. Ah, leader na ko. No, you're not a leader. You know what you are? You're the encourager. You're the helper. Because she's the one leading, reading, learning, and you're the one saying, Sige, dear, read some more. If you're the man, you will be the pastor of your home. So you got to lead. Here is the problem. A lot of men just want to be babied. And a lot of women want to lead. The other problem, we have to start focusing on sanctification while hoping for romance if you want to get married. The world, or even many Christians, flipped it. Everyone's hoping or focused, everyone's focused on the romance while hoping to get sanctified. Don't flip it. A lot of times, here's the problem. The men are like, I just want to be married, so I want to be a king, and I want to be, be you know, treated like a king. Are you ready to serve like a king? Lead like a king? Die like a king for your people, for your home? For the women of Mansad, oh, I just want someone to sweep me off my feet and remove me from whatever situation I'm in and save me from, like, no. If you want a king, that means you're going to be queen. And if you're going to be queen, you, you better know what a queen does for the king. You can't just be like, oh, king, buy me this. King, do this for me. King, treat me this way. No. You've got responsibilities too. So we have to focus on our sanctification if you're hoping for romance. Don't flip it and focus on the romance while hoping to get sanctified. There's a lot of singles here. Focus all that energy into growing. If you're a lady, be vibrant in your theology. Get grounded in your doctrines. You've got the discipleship manual. Open it, read it, study it. Go home, get your scriptures. Open the Bible, really study your doctrine. Because men who are real men, if you're like, I want a real man, like, I, I really want a man, man, Christian dude, like, okay, you know what will happen? First date, Christian guy will ask, what books are you reading? The moment the lady is like, oh, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm reading Francis Schaeffer, oh, the guy's going to be like, you know, <laughs> or something along those lines, you know, like, what are you reading? Oh, I'm not really a reader type. So what sermons have you been listening to? Oh, well, you know, there's this devotional. Ano. Hmm. 
the first question the man will ask is this. Can she compliment me in my calling? Not to put pressure, ha, but it's just a fact. Very serious men who are serious in their faith will want someone serious with their faith too. That's just facts. If you, as a single, desire to be with someone who's not truly serious with their faith, that means you're not serious with yours. Just another fact. Notice here as well, the man named all the creatures. You know what that means? It talks about authority. Notice God didn't name the creatures. He let the man do it. And then he let the man name the woman. God named the man, man named the woman. Again, we see the complementary divine design. Same value, but one flesh. And that's where we get the whole, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That is also why there are so many problems in marriages today. So for those of the married and those who want to get married, hoping for marriage, think of this. The reason why so many marital problems occur is because there's a lack of understanding of the purpose of men and women in marriage. A man must leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife. The problem is a lot of times marriages don't do that. They don't leave, they don't cleave, they stay. So there's this authority that's broken. The man cannot practice, practice his headship in the home because his dad is still the head. You gotta leave. Marriage problems also happen because of the wrong mindsets. The priority becomes the kids instead of the spouse. You know, if you want to get married or if you have kids, the greatest gift you can give your children is to prioritize your spouse over your kids. If you, if you prioritize your kids, the kids will get spoiled and then the spouse will feel neglected and the purpose is overturned on its head. The Bible doesn't say that the father will cleave to the children or the mother will cleave to the children. In the end, only you and your spouse will be the one flesh. You're not one flesh with your kids. Your kids are not one flesh with you. So if you are one flesh, you are united, eventually your child will grow up and eventually that child will go on, go, go on his own, will probably get married as well, and will leave the house. If your child is a priority and you're focused on the child when he leaves, you, you, you lose your purpose. Once you lose your purpose, you won't know how to live in your marriage. And that's the problem of many Filipino families. Para sa anak, para sa anak. Everything is para sa anak. It should be for my spouse first. Even in little things. I listened to this couple's counselor say something um, when he has kids, or when he had kids. Whenever he'd come home from work, and, and his kids were very, very young, so the mom was there with, the daughter, he made it a point to kiss the mom first before the daughter. Even if the daughter was there first to run, he said, mommy first. Just, just that small act. And you're like, wow, but because you feel it. But there's a small act. It's teaching the daughter, okay, so mommy comes first for daddy. I get it. When the child grows up, here's what the daughter will think. If there's a man who will pursue me, he must prioritize me the way daddy prioritizes mommy. 
That's how she would think. That's divine purpose. You see, if we just follow the purposes of God, things would be so much easier. This is also why, and we touched on this before, but we have to touch on it again because the text says so. This is also why, first, unequal yoking really will never work. It's not enough to say, oh, interested man siya. He or she lets me go, go to church, encourages me to go to church. If the guy is the unbeliever and says, Sige, you go to church, what happened? The guy is not really the leader. He's the helper. Now, if we swap it, okay, if it's the girl who, who's a non-Christian and says, Oh, sige, dude or guy, go to church. You know what? The guy's going to think, she's not really complimenting me. She's just, in, she's just someone on the side saying, go rah, 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 but she's not in it with me. In other words, unequal yoking is not being in one flesh. How can you be one flesh? It's impossible. And I have to say this because, again, we're in the text and it's a great potential problem for many Christian singles. And of course, there's the whole, oh, but ano naman, I, I'm just tired of being me. I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired of all the pressures, you know. If you're a guy, you know, I'm, when the Bible says it's better to marry than to burn, I'm blue flame right now. You know, if, if that's your only reason, pause for a moment. Think of self-control. Think of your sanctification again. Can you die to yourself? Because if that's your only reason, then you will objectify your spouse. You will see her just as an object to fulfill your needs. It's not going to work. Again, what's your calling? Complement each other. That's what God calls us to do. This is also why adultery is wrong. One man, one woman. God did not make Adam, John, Steve, and etc. And then he didn't make Eve. And you know, like he made a lot of male dogs, a lot of female dogs. He made a lot of male cats and female cats. And they don't get married. They procreate, you know, randomly. But with, with man and woman, one man, one woman, not random. That is why adultery is wrong. This is also why homosexuality is wrong. We talked about this also last week. But it's here again. Man and woman, not man and another man, not woman and another woman. Because of the divine design, physiology, biology, etc. We have to remember these, these truths so that, and as Christians, at least we can respond to certain things. When the world comes at us and goes, why do you believe this? Why do you believe that? Adam and Eve. As basic as it sounds. And then they start asking, well, you're not progressive, you're not open-minded, you're very narrow-minded, you're very this and that. And we can tell them, well, you have an idea. Your idea is man and man is okay. I have an idea. Man and woman only. So for you, your idea is the only correct idea. For me, my idea is the only correct idea. So we're both narrow-minded. Because both of us are making exclusive claims. The question is, which claim works? Get a lot of wires, all male. See what happens. No power, no energy. It's basic, common physiology, common sense. It's biology. And scripture agrees. So if you want to go scripture first and common sense, you want to go common sense first and then scripture, they will agree. But your worldview doesn't agree. 
with common sense, doesn't agree with scripture. It's all emotions. You just don't want to offend others. You want to do what you want. It's all feelings. That's it. We have feelings plus logic. So that's how we can address that. Now, if you're single, you're longing for marriage, you're hoping, then focus on your sanctification. Pour your energy into it. Prepare for it. Find ways. Grow. Get books. Read the books. Go on YouTube. Listen to sermons. You know, John MacArthur is free to download. You know, and all these other sermons. Paul Washer. Just listen to those guys. You know, you're, you're commuting. You know, download it. Put it on Spotify. Put it on your playlist or whatever. And then redeem your commute. Traffic one hour. Truth. Here, here, here's a fact. And this is me, huh? This is me. Most people hate the traffic. Kapuya, traffic. I look forward to traffic. Because in my mind, I can finish that sermon. So I'm driving. Uh, here comes John MacArthur, you know. Here's Paul Washer. For others, ah, Kapuya, I'm walking. Get, get your phone. Put some, some sermons there. Earplugs. I mean, ear. Uh, headphones or redeem it. Focus on your sanctification. Get some books. Start reading. I don't like reading, man. If you don't like reading, you don't like the Bible. You read the Bible anyway. Get used to it. Especially if you're a guy. I'm going to challenge the men more because you're the one who will be leading. Read. Study. Devote yourself to the Lord. Find out what God is calling you to do as early as now. Like, Now, here's another challenge for all the men. Ask yourself this question. If you're a Christian, ask yourself this question already. God, are you calling me to be a pastor, church planter, or elder? Just ask it. Even if it sounds ridiculous, I'm never going to be. No, but ask. Just ask him. Prayerfully and seriously. <laughs> no way. No, really. You know why? Here's why. I also said no way. And here I am. <laughs> and our two other elders here said the same thing. No way. Here they are. Now, why do I challenge you all, men, to ask that question? Here's a simple reason. Because if ever you have the smallest inkling, just the smallest, tiniest desire, if you kind of fantasize preaching, as men, as men, if you kind of imagine yourself preaching, if you kind of think in terms of, you know, a church would be great if, maybe you're called. You know, this church would be so, so glorifying to the Lord if, and then you start to imagine, if you're, if you're thinking that way, hmm, maybe. And here's also a reason why for the, for the women is because when you pursue a lady, you have to ask her as well, if God calls me to plant a church, are you willing to still follow me? That's the first question I had to ask my current, my, my spouse. I had to ask her straight, if God calls me to plant a church in China, would you go? She said yes. If God calls me to be a pastor, would you still want to be with me? She said yes. If I leave my current church now, will you go with me? And her answer was very simple. Ah, wherever you go, I'll just go. I'm like, oh, Ruth. Okay, deal is sealed or semi-sealed na. All right, so, but you have to know where God's calling you so that when you pursue a lady, you can tell her clearly where you're headed. 
Because it's frustrating for women. If a guy says, Tara na, where? Mm. <laughs> Di ba you hate that? When you're hungry? Where do you want to eat? Uh, ikaw, where do you want to eat? I don't know. I'm already hungry. Make a decision. Uh, sige, let's eat now. Where? Asa may duol? It's frustrating and you're all hungry. If no one makes a decision, you all starve and then you die. Di ba? <laughs> Starvation to death, no? And then the, you end up going where? Sagi fries pajud. <laughs> so, as early as now, okay? So, men, challenge. Ask yourself now. Lord, would you eventually call me? Am I dreaming of certain ministry responsibilities? Have I ever considered, I want to help in this way? Little things like those, we don't know, for all we know. But at least, for the ladies, it's better for them. Ladies, here's a tip. If someone pursues you, ask them, what do you think God calls, is calling you to do? And he better have a clear answer. If not, uh, focus on the Lord more, bro. Bro zone, ukalit, no? <laughs> right? But, mauna siya. I know there's a lot from the text. But to summarize, we'll just think of three. First, remember, God created all things for a divine purpose that is His and His alone, based on His wisdom and His desires. What's that purpose? For us to steward earth, to sustain and promote life, and to be obedient to Him. When we do those things, then for sure God is glorified and He will continue to provide and sustain us as well. That's just the basic of Genesis and God as creator. Second, when we obey our purpose in life, we feel fulfillment, contentment, we find joy. We can actually say, I was born for this. Diba? We like saying that term, but actually, when you walk in the purpose for which you were called, you were made, everything just fits. You know that frustration you have with your cell phones when it doesn't do what you want it to do? You know the feeling when it's finally repaired? Like you, you get it from the shop and then, oh yes, okay na siya, hala, nakatext na, hala. You feel that sense of fulfillment. You know, that's also you in general when we obey God. Lastly, sexuality and gender identity is complementary by design. It's based on God's glory. It's based on God's wisdom. It's based on God's purpose. We all have equal worth with different roles. We are fit for one another. If men and women work together and not rebel like the world rebels, when we don't embrace modern feminism, modern feminism is very different from the original feminism. I don't know if you, like, if you just research, original feminism was actually quite good. Modern feminism today is the problem. If we just stop rebelling and we start making disciples, reaching out, evangelizing, showing them that logic, common sense, biology, and scripture all agree, and then we pray for them, reach out to them with the gospel of Jesus, then more and more redemption will happen. And when that happens, there's more fulfillment for everyone. When we obey the Lord, it's great for His glory and it's great for our benefit as well. Amen?
Chega, let's pray.